What's going on, moms and dads? Welcome to the Fade You podcast, the sports betting show for the everyday better. Whether you're a total degenerate or you're just looking for a little action, we'd love to welcome you into our little show here, talk a little sports, hopefully find some winners, and have a good time. My name is Matt. My co-pilot on today's show is Joe. Joe, how are you doing, Dad? Good. I was startled by you opening the pod with the new bio. New bio, a uh, little bit of a reset here for the Fade You pod. We're going into the football offseason, so our show looks a little different, sounds a little different, but still going to have a good time irregardless. Yeah, but yeah, I'm doing great. Excited to have these two gentlemen on the pod. I've been on theirs. You've been on theirs. It's about time they're on ours. That's correct, and we talked about it a minute ago, so football's over. No more uh, recap show, no more preview show, so we're kind of in our off-season. We do a bunch of stuff with other sports, like to have guests on that can talk about different sports with us Saturday mornings, uh, live on Twitter through the Fade U channel is uh, a great college basketball preview with Kmart, with Bucket Boy, with Chris Duke. Joey Cheese has been on, been a great part of those, so look for those on Saturday mornings ahead of college basketball tip-offs. But in the meantime, the pod, we're going to try to have different guests on every single week, touch on a bunch of different topics, and and keep bringing you guys a fun show. So if you are new listening, then welcome, and we're we're thrilled to have you. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at FadeYouSports. Make sure you subscribe to the pod. We also have a video version of the pod on our YouTube channel, so please follow that. Subscribe to that as well. Give the video a like if you happen to stumble across this. We appreciate that very much. So first off-season show for us, we're recording here on February 23rd. The NBA All-Star break is over. I'll kind of talk about my original idea and and how we thought of this show in the first place, but we want to welcome on our boy Finky, our boy Pickles, Kyle, our, our friends from Turtle Sports, who we've gotten to know over the past couple of years. We follow their stuff. They follow our stuff. I've been on their show. Joe has been on their show. And we really wanted to have these guys on uh, for a a nice conversation about fandom and sports in Northern California and and how we all grew up picking and following certain teams and kind of what's going on now. So Finky, welcome. Pickles, welcome. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. And thank you guys very much for having us on. We're uh, super excited to finally be able to, to do this. I know it's been a long time coming. It's been a long, ooh, I like that sound. <laughs> Quality. That's, that's, part, that's part of our show, too. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, again, thank you guys very much. I know we're we're extremely excited. And, you know, like you said, kind of football is 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 gone. Season's over. I mean, there's the XFL, but I, I'm not personally watching. USFL. <laughs> In April. Yes. That. I'm going to be betting that shit. Nice. But yeah, so thank you guys very much. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. We're glad to be here. Um, like you said, it's been a couple of years. We finally got to meet up when we were in Vegas last, and uh, we had a great time there. Um, we were, you know, obviously smashing beers from from the get go. So that was, it's always a good time. Absolutely. So this idea happened because we're going to talk about Northern California sports here. 
And when when we met you guys through networking and Twitter and stuff, one of the one of the inside jokes was that the Sacramento Kings will find a way to fuck it up. Right? <laughs> Kings, Kings do Kings things has kind of been your guys thing. I don't know how many times you talked about the Kings on WTF was that garbage on your own show, but they uh, they were frequently uh, and really for the past, I don't know, 15 years, the butt of a lot of jokes. And then a funny thing happened this season. The Kings are actually good. Like the Kings are back. The Kings are having their best season since before we all hit puberty. And so we wanted, I wanted to have these guys on to talk Kings. And then it kind of evolved. Like, well, let's talk about other they got a, California Matt, sports. They got a beam too. Well, we got to talk about <laughs> yeah. the, beam. Oh, the beam. Yes. They're <laughs> good. So, and there's a beam. <laughs> So shout out to the Kings for finally getting their shit together and figuring it out and giving us this idea. So I, I guess we kind of want to start with the Kings with you guys. I mean, Finky, let me start with you. When you think Sacramento Kings glory days, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Whether it's a robbed. name or a memory or we something. We got robbed. We got robbed in more ways than one. I mean, obviously there was the whole, you know, was that a, a legitimate game with the, the ref who's been betting on games? And it's, I mean, there's a whole Netflix thing about how he controlled the games easily done by him and his crew. Uh, and then of course there's always Robert Ory. So we got robbed in more way than more ways than one. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's, it really does come down to the fact that the Kings never really develop anybody. So you say when a name comes to mind, it's Vladi, it's, you know, Weber, I mean, they traded for Bibby. The only one that they actually developed out of that whole team was Peja, and I think he was probably good before he got there since he actually played in Europe for years after they drafted him before he even came over. Just a, a lot of really good names there. From I remember from my when I was in high school, when I was in middle school growing up, having the Kings actually be good, be title contenders, and obviously those days are long, long gone. But some exciting things now. Pickles, how about you? King's so glory days. What so, comes so, to mind? So here's the thing is I moved up to Sacramento 2017. So I never really paid attention to the Kings. Um, never really paid attention to basketball as a whole. Um, so it wasn't until I moved up here until I became like, okay, so who are the Kings? What are the Kings? And, you know, I've had nothing but disappointment since 2017. So this is like, Hey, this team could actually do something. So you know, you kind of get like let down. So since 2017, it's been like I said, nothing but negativity, and and, and you know, it's kind of fun to see like a local team. I mean, the the arena is, or the, excuse me, the center. Sorry, I apologize. Is only 25 minutes from from where I live. So I mean, it's still pretty close. But I mean, it's fun to see where they're at now. From where they was. So glory days, I mean, my glory days, I don't I don't have glory days with the Kings. So um, especially, you know, as a sports fan, is I never really watched basketball up until you know the Warriors won their first title. Then I became a bandwagon warrior fan because I like I said, I never really watched basketball. So I think I think Pickles kind of hit the nail on the head when you said being from outside Sacramento, you, you never really heard of the Kings, followed the Kings, like why the Kings aren't even relevant. And I think that's, and Finky, let me know if you agree, but that's, that's kind of it. It's, it's the charm of them being the only show in town. 
it being a small market city that when they were good in their heyday, being from the area, having no major league baseball team, no NHL team, no NFL team in Sacramento. It's, it's the one pro team they have, and it's the one pro team they will ever have. So it was a really unique thing, I guess, when they were good. I mean, do you kind of agree with that, Finky? It's like there's this little bubble of within Sacramento where people follow the Kings and, and everyone on the outside like doesn't give a shit about them. They're like, move them to Vegas, move them to Seattle, like do whatever you want with them. And people in Sacramento are like, wait, no, that's our team. Like, even if they suck, that's our team and they belong to us. And, and it's a really special thing between the team and the fans. You nailed it. I mean, a hundred percent. Like you want to talk about like the nostalgia of the Sacramento Kings. I, I mean, we drafted guys like Olden Polonese. I mean, that guy was terrible. <laughs> Our, one of our star play, quote unquote star players at one point was Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. You know, like, I mean, that that's how bad the Kings were. I, I remember being a kid and Mitch Richmond will be the, I don't care that they didn't win a title. They didn't have a chance to win a title with him, but Mitch Richmond will, in my eyes will go down as probably the greatest Kings player ever because they would literally pass him the ball and the other four guys would move to the other side of the court and just let him play basketball because he, he was the only one on the team who could actually do anything. Um, he actually got to, he went to the Lakers for the last couple of years of his career and actually got to, you know, win a title. And I, I, everybody was pissed cause it was the Lakers of course, but I was like, you know what? Good for him. Like he, he deserves it. We traded him to Washington and that's what started the catalyst for all the, you know, other players coming in and then drafting Jason Williams. But that's exactly what it is. You, everybody thought the Kings are going to be the first professional franchise to go to Vegas. And they didn't obviously didn't happen. Uh, there was talks about, oh, we need to get them a new arena. Um, and if you've ever been to Arco Arena um, or the <laughs> oh. Pavilion or whatever, I don't know, Power Balance or something. I don't even remember what. They had so many different Sleep names. Train. Sleep <laughs> Train. Yeah, I mean, we're named after a mattress company, and that was a butt of a joke on national t- TV. We're in a, we're in a, a mattress company place. So um, the only good thing about it is there wasn't a bad seat. You could sit at the very top of it. You could actually see basketball. You go to the new arena and you almost fall down the stairs. It's so steep and you just have to watch the giant video board because you're so high up now. But, you know, as soon as they started getting good, uh, everybody wanted to go and you couldn't get a ticket to the game anymore. And I mean, Laker tickets were going for thousands of dollars where they could, they almost had to pay people to show up and sit in the, the lower level because nobody wanted to pay over, you know, 40 bucks for a ticket at the time. And being someone from Northern California who now lives in SoCal, it's so different. Like LA fans, to me, it feels like LA fans and and some of my friends are going to get mad at me for saying this, but it's not even about the team. It's about LA and just the, the glitz and the glamor that comes with that. Like you have to saunter in at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And, and the Dodger fan, it's late to the game because of the traffic, and it's the same with the Lakers and then the Clippers. No one gives a fuck. And uh, and it's just – it's so different than when I was in growing up in school and the way that people would talk about the Kings. It just There there was so much pride that went into the Kings are from Sacramento, and there are T- – Weber, Bibby, Peja, all the names you rattle up, Bobby Jackson. I mean it, – it, it's just Doug, it's cool. Doug Christie fighting Christie. Rick Fox in the tunnel. And and there was so much pride that went along with that. Like our guy punched the shit out of their guy and they're the Lakers and fuck them. 
and and they could never beat the Lakers, and there's just so much that went into it, and it's so cool. It could, any Kings fan says, I, I lost hope a long time ago, and I checked out because it was nothing but just – I mean, they were literally the biggest joke in all of sports. And so for them to be back and good, finally, it, it's so well-deserved for the city and the fans. They, I just hope they keep it going here as we get into the second half of the season. Now, Joe, you were in Sacramento for work a couple weeks ago. Talk to yeah. me about – the beam. Oh, the, the beam. Um, yeah. Shout out my buddy Lyman. He lives in Sacramento. He uh, is a hardcore Kings fan, but uh, yeah, he, he was the, he like every time the Kings win, he sends me like uh, a gift that uh, regarding a beam, like a lightsaber or like one of those stupid Asian Gundam things with a big beam as it's cock. It's like a hilarious <laughs> gift. Um, but yeah, the beam dude, I landed and I was pissed because I didn't get there early enough to go to the game. I landed, and then, like, as soon as I'm driving to my hotel, I just see the fucking beam emanating, and I was like, wow, that is pretty fucking cool. So I think that's a great touch. But just as an outsider, one of the funniest things, so last week I watched Bar Rescue, the new season, and they did a, a rescue of a Sacramento bar, and it was a sports bar. And the guy was, like, basically saying all the same shit you guys were like, oh, Sacramento, we have such a rich sports history. You know, all these people care about sports. And, and you know, I'm a big Kings fan. And then John Taffer went in there and he said, hey, nobody gives a shit about sports in Sacramento and turned it into a fucking ghost bar. Took all the memorabilia off the walls, everything. Turned it into a fucking ghost bar. So that's not the, like, <laughs> epitome of what you guys are describing. I don't know what is. <laughs> From an it's outside the the people in the bubble just love it and, and it's our thing and it belongs to us and everybody outside is like they're all crazy and, <laughs> yeah, we don't give a shit what anybody says yeah. about it especially john tafford i've watched that guy yeah, fuck ruin him. plenty of bars before <laughs> well yeah lyman said he went back to that bar because he used to go to the sport that exact bar he said that the bar sucked after <laughs> it didn't stick <laughs> it's you know and what's funny is that bar still alive and well it's still kicking <laughs> fuck that it was hilarious though watching that i was like god damn i mean it just it tells you the the status of sports in sacramento i don't get me wrong i i will be a kings fan i was i was a supersonics fan growing up uh when i was really young until i moved to california in 1995 and my dad was a kings fan who he moved here the same year the kings did so that's how he got into it which got me into it and it, i mean we have a triple a baseball team and uh, a professional basketball team that like this is like the highlights in the last 20 years we have, they have the longest drought in in all of sports of going to the playoffs like it's just ridiculous we, we're talking about a beam and how cool the beam is that tells you how bad the kings have been the beam is sick i, I read a cool thing on the athletic a while back that they actually got the idea from the angels so when the angels win down here literally right across the street from where i live it's not very they light up they, which is not very often, and they light up the halo. So they got this giant A, and the halo gets lit up when they win. And that's the thing. It's light, light that baby up, light up the halo. And the, and then when the Sacramento Kings were doing their marketing, and they somebody was like, oh, what if we, we got to do something where when we win, which, again, has not been very often, they're like, oh, what if we just shoot a giant purple-ass beam into the sky, and it just goes on for eternity? And, uh, and it's really cool, and it has caught on, and people outside might think it's super lame, but 
don't well, know. Lady, I just lady getting... friend, if you've ever listened to our podcast, you know I refer to my girlfriend as lady friend. It just kind of became the thing, and she she didn't like it at first, and she leaned into it when she was on the pod with me one time. She will be remiss if I did not ask, how far does the beam go? Does anybody know? Like, is that like us? And we're like literally all this alien talk. We're drawing them in by the <laughs> stupid beam in Sacramento. Like, Jesus. What is hitting me of the kings? <laughs> Well, the fucking uh, what's it called in Vegas has that beam too. The Luxor. The Luxor. Yeah. yeah. But it just, but it's not I mean, purple. No, nope. that's not how purple. That that would be the epitome of the kings. <laughs> the, the kings bring the end of civilization because of the fucking beam drew in some aliens that wanted to destroy us. That's how bad sacrament. That's how the the kings would do king things for sure. Then. <laughs> yeah. I just so Joe's text to me from when he was in Sacramento at the beginning of this month. Random text comes in 7.46 p.m. Holy fuck, the beam is sick. He says, I'm in sack right now, and there's a fucking massive purple beam. There you go. Yeah. So let's finish up the Kings talk with this. Uh, I have, so I have the Kings win total over 34 and a half, and that is going to cash probably next week because they don't, have 32 don't wins say that. You, at the All-Star know break, knock on wood. You never know All with they, they Three more wins to cash that. And and then I've got Mike Brown, coach of the year, at forty-five to one. And I think I don't know what he is right now. I can't check, but he's he's got to be one of the probably top three, top five finalists, right? The I mean, last time I he, last time I checked, he was like plus two fifty. Wow! Somebody on another pod was comparing it to Brian Dayball, where you you took a team that was a joke a dumpster fire for the last several years and you've now made them a playoff team. If they make the playoffs, I don't know how he doesn't get it. He has to, right? Like ultimately, I mean, when you have the Kings that are that this terrible for this long, since 2006, was it 2006? I think it was when Eric Musselman left that, I mean, they just literally just went to crap. I mean, they have to, like he has to. I'm he trying to leave. They, they fired him. The Kings are actually winning games and they fired Musselman. All right, let's get off the Kings. Let's go to something else. All right, we'll get off the Kings. But go you Kings. love basketball, Joe. You know you Light do. the beam. I Joe loves love the it. NBA. I fucking hate basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually have Mike Brown 10 to 1. I took it on, on the 19th of January. I text Pickles and said, well, this has to be a thing, right? If they make the playoffs, just like he said. So I'm, I'm hoping you cash at 45 to 1, but I will be happy with my 10 to 1. We'll throw it over to the Bay Area. So growing up in Northern California – and, and I guess being from Sacramento is a little different for me because of the distance, but you kind of chose when you started following football between the 49ers and the Raiders, because the Raiders were still in Oakland at the time. And then in baseball, you chose between the giants and the A's. So Joe talk about where you grew up and how, how did you choose your teams having two teams uh, I, in the Bay area? So I grew up in Fremont, which is A's, Raiders territory. I'm only, I was only 10 minutes away from the Coliseum. And uh, yeah, so the reason why I was a San Francisco fan was my dad was a fucking uh, Niners fan. And because the Raiders were in, I think, LA at the time when they, when he moved to the Bay Area. So he became a Niners fan. And then he was like, well, I'm not going to be one of those idiots that cheers for a San Francisco team and an Oakland team. So I'm cheering for both the the Niners and Giants. So that's how he picked it. And then I kind of was just born into it where I really didn't have a choice 
of who I was rooting for. So, yeah, that's how I became both of those. But, and, you know, I grew up 10 minutes away from the Warriors fucking Coliseum. I used to go in high school for like five bucks because everything was so cheap because they sucked. And uh, that was fun. But, um, yeah, I just never really, never really, I, I consider myself a fan, but like I'm not getting emotional or anything when they win or lose in the playoffs. Something tells me you don't get emotional about any, any kind of sports or sports betting there, Joe. Uh, sometimes, maybe less lately. Maybe maybe Fresno State on your birthday, right? Yeah, I was pretty stoked about that. That's probably the only – honestly, that's probably the only one I truly care about is Fresno State, being that I am a Fresno State Bulldog. I am not a San Francisco 49er or a San Francisco Giant, but I am a Fresno State Bulldog. Yeah, and for me, I actually I'm not a fan of either one. I actually hate the A's. Uh, I I was born in uh, Tacoma, Washington, so I'm a Mariners fan. That's what I grew up with. Um, I like I said about the Kings. I moved here. That's the only reason I'm a fan is because my dad was. I, um, I'm, if anybody knows me, they know I'm a Tennessee Titans fan in football, which doesn't make any sense either, of course. But that's just how it works out. So I actually hate the A's. I'm glad they're terrible. I talk shit about them all the time to all my friends that are A's fans and tell them how bad they are. And they're like, "You're a fan of the Mariners. You guys have." W- won the most games in the history of baseball and then lost in the first round. So, I mean, Kings, Mariners, and then the Titans were terrible for a long time as well. So maybe it's me. Maybe I just need to not be a fan of them. They'll be good. See, and I don't hate the A's. Like, I grew up, I I, I didn't really like them just because, obviously, the rivalry. But I never was like, fuck the A's. And especially when the A's are making the playoffs with their fucking $40 million payroll, I think that shit's badass now. Uh, so I definitely I don't have any kind of ill will towards them. They're going to be the Las Vegas A's in a year anyway. So yes, they are. I'll be happy yeah. to go see a game when we're out there. And also shout out to that dude that got a blow job in the fucking uh, during an A's game in the upper <laughs> deck. You guys see that? <laughs> I did not see that one. Good for it him. It was like bro. a big controversy there. The police were trying to figure out who he was, and he's up there getting dome in the top <laughs> when they're of one of like three thousand people at the game. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. When nobody goes to the games, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on up there in the upper decks. Well, I mean, you're getting cheap beers and cheap hot dogs there, so. Yeah, that's a good fuck. I don't even know if you're getting cheap shit there. I know the tickets are cheap, but you're still getting Bay Area prices. No, food's cheap at, 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 well, what is it? I'm sure it's it's top quality as well. (laughs) The (laughs) The A's have had a couple of decent runs, right? Like, everyone... A lot of people, if you like sports, have seen Moneyball, and people love that movie, and they love the story of the A's from the early 2000s. What was the winning streak? 20? I think it was like 22, wasn't it? Dude, that team was so sick. Oh, And so there's something about – I mean, they're just like the ultimate underdog. They don't spend any money. They lose all their players. And so when they go on those runs like that, it's been kind of a cool story. And, of course, now they're just D-E-D dead. And then the Giants, like – the Giants make the World Series in 2002 with one of the most unlikable great players in probably the history of sports. And then they don't do a lot. And then all of a sudden they get white hot and, and just start ripping off championships 2010, 2012, 2014. So Bay Area baseball has just kind of come in these waves, I guess. And now the Giants are just... I'm not really sure what they're doing, actually. Yeah, we don't know what they're doing. It'll when, be interesting. When's the Korea press conference? Oh, oh. oh. I'm really Ooh. glad that didn't work out. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I get to sit back and watch, obviously, because, like I said, I'm not a fan of either one. And it, it's like you said, when when you have a team that's the, the super underdog that's getting there, I mean, the Giants, the first year they won it, everyone was kind of like, oh, wait, what? They won? Oh, okay, cool. That's great. And then two years later, they, you know, they do it again. And they that was the year they swept, if I remember correct. Yeah, against Detroit. One, they yeah. fucking swept them. And, dude, they were like – they dude, Detroit was like minus fucking 350 to win that series. Yeah. Like, they Nobody were thought they were going to win either. And God, they go can you imagine fucking, if you had taken Giants to sweep there? Oh, dude, I was sitting in class as a fret, or I wasn't a freshman. I was in college. So it was, what, you said twenty. That was twenty twelve. So I would have been. It would have been like my junior year of college. I was sitting in class. I had a seven p.m. class, and I'm in there with the fucking game on my phone, like trying to pay attention. And there's like half the team, half the guys in there are Giants fans. Fucking Pablo hits his third homer, and everybody's like, "Oh, fucking all loud and shit." The teacher's like, "What's going on?" We're like, uh, we're missing the fucking game right now. I had a, I had a class from seven to nine fifty that night. Oh, Gross. that's rough. Wow. So I actually, you, you guys have both been there. It's where Kyle and I met, but at the Glass Turtle, I was uh, bartending that night. Actually, that they won. Somebody had called in sick. I was just a bouncer, and like, hey, can you bartend or whatever? And the the here's the best thing. You want to talk about being a, a cow town of Sacramento is. They didn't have any champagne at the time, and they it was so unexpected that they won and swept that everybody was spraying Coors Light everywhere <laughs> instead of champagne. It was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, when wow. they won in, in 2010, I was – Matthew knows this – at the Palazzos and in Fresno and fucking sprinting up and down the hallways with beers like, Giants won the World Series because especially because in Fresno is kind of like not Northern California, obviously, but – they, the Fresno Grizzlies were their AAA affiliate, so yeah. everybody in Fresno was a Giants fan for the most part, other than the few that moved up from Southern California. So that was really cool. Those teams were just so likable because it was this really interesting mix of dudes they had developed, like Lincecum and Kane and Posey and all those guys, and then like all these vets they got off the scrap heap. Like, I mean, Joe, you could probably rattle off a few Scudero. names. Dudes, they signed Scudero, uh, Aubrey Huff, fucking Renteria uh, was a World Series MVP. Yeah, so they were just—I mean, God—and Bochi was so likable, so so different from down here in SoCal. Like this Dodger run has been so many guys they've brought in from the outside, right? It's just like who's the next superstar we can bring in, and one fake championship. And that's all they have to show for it. So it, it really is an interesting contrast. It's too bad the Giants couldn't kind of keep that kind of success going. Um, and then let's just talk about football. Like, Finky, you talked about being a random-ass Tennessee Titans fan. I feel like that's that's more of an NFL thing where people just pick a random team. Um, but the 49ers are really interesting because in Southern California down here, there's a ton of 49er fans because the – the Rams left for a while. The Raiders were here and left. And so the 49ers had all the success in the eighties and the early nineties that there's a ton of 49er fans in SoCal. So it, it, it's always struck me as odd when there's diehard 49ers and Kmart's one of them, uh, one of the fade, you guys diehard Niners fan, but you love the Lakers and the Dodgers as well. It always just, uh, people make just, no sense to me. I, I don't get it. Especially because, um, like, you know, they start they 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 do the beat LA chant, and I'm like, bitch, that's a fucking NorCal thing. You can't fucking say beat LA <laughs> when you're a fan of the fucking Dodgers and Lakers and shit. Yeah, no, that that is absolutely. It's like saying hella. 
I mean, it's it's North, Northern California yeah. all the way, no matter what. Like it's that is not you can't use that anywhere else. And, yeah, and but it's it's almost like you said, like being like an A's fan and a Niners fan, or being a, a Raiders fan and a Giants fan. Like it didn't make it never made any sense to anybody. Yeah. But I it is. Weird. Of, I mean, it, I don't think there was a lot of Raiders Giants fans. There was no, a lot there, of there Niners was. for sure. Yes. Yeah, but that's but it, like you said, being being a Dodgers fan and a, and a Niners fan does not make any sense whatsoever. So I, I think he know. should have to. Kmart should denounce his, his fandom to the Niners. He has to claim the Bengals only. No, fuck <laughs> him. He, he denounces the fucking Dodgers. Is what he does. He can keep the Giant Niners. But it was one of those things up here. Is like the Niners and the Giants played the same at the same stadium. They played at Candlestick, right? And so when you were a fan of one, you were a fan of the other, uh, you know, because you were there and you were getting the same merch at the same spot, you know, and same oh. thing with, with Oakland and, and the, or the A's and the Raiders is they played the same. God yeah, damn you it. You kind of got that, you know, you became one, but you came, became both. I miss Candlestick Park, even though that place was a dump. Oh, get, getting out of there, man, was, was always <laughs> sketchy. You never get, never knew if you were going to get robbed or stabbed or dude. I just would sit in the car and dr- keep drinking, wait two hours, and then fucking leave when everybody else is gone. We went tailgating there, and I had two barbecues stolen out of the truck. Man, it was awful. It's kind of like when you guys were talking that. about Arco Arena earlier. Those those old shitty arenas and stadiums had like this weird charm to them that that people who only people who are fans of those teams like i've heard this a lot about like like veteran stadium in philadelphia like some of these old dumps that they're so beloved to the people who are fans of those teams but i mean young kids now that just go to all these state-of-the-art arenas they just have no idea what it used to be like to go watch a game somewhere like candlestick arco arena have to get out of those places uh, absolutely brutal god yeah, even the I mean, Coliseum Ariel. in Oakland is still a oh. oh, dude, that place that that it's place time. Is, is all time bad. I went to I went I would go there for the high school football shit too, even when I was younger as well. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this place? It's <laughs> so bad. I went to a bunch of Raiders games when I was a kid because it was just cheap. Or me and my buddies would go for fucking basically free because the Raiders sucked. But uh, I mean, those were good Raiders teams. What was that? What was the year? It was 20, 2000, early 2000s with Gannon and Rice and fucking uh, Tim Brown. Tuck rule. Tuck, Tuck rule. rule. Yeah. Yep. Those teams were good. Yeah. But after that, they sucked. They would just get their ass kicked every week. They're terrible. Fun to go watch. But those Raider fans, though, holy shit. Those are some passionate dickheads for sure. That, they, that might be the one franchise in all of sports that you could, you could move them to fucking Mars if you wanted to. <laughs> And, and it wouldn't matter because it's just it's Raider Nation, and they I don't care if they're in L.A., Oakland, Vegas, wherever they they don't even care. They'll find a way to go. They'll find a way to just keep their Raiders fandom. It's they're they're just a, such a unique bunch, and and kind of I, I never rooted for the Raiders. I kind of rooted for the Niners because I had a lot of friends who did when I started liking football, and and that's just kind of the way I went. But the Raider fans were always just so crazy and intense and passionate in their own weird way that's just kind of how it was like being in the sacramento area and having fans of both teams growing up well and they the problem is is that you you had two different kinds of raider fans like you had the people who were passionate about it but then you had the like the ones who like they if you said if you said anything bad about it they literally wanted to stab you and it wasn't because like they were passionate or they were that good of a fan it's just 
they they had to be right and things like that and so they got kind of a bad stigma for a while but you know when i went down there one time with my dad and a bunch of people that he works with uh we took a, a bus down uh so nobody had to drive and it was it was great we actually walked around and met all the guys all the guys that dress up and like everybody talks about oh god you got to fear that guy they're all doctors and lawyers how do you think they get front row seats to, for for decades on end at a, at a football stadium i mean it didn't matter how bad the team was like that those tickets are not cheap so there, there's the there's a stigma, but you're right. The passion is probably the biggest thing about them, for sure. Oh, dude, I was at a, a Raiders Jets game, and this dude was walking by uh, wearing a Jets jersey, holding his daughter, maybe like two years old, wearing a Jets jersey, and this fucking Raider fan walked up and he goes, "Hey, fuck the Jets!" and then fucking hocked a loogie and spit it right on him, and I was like, "Holy shit!" What a dick. <laughs> That's, That's the most the kind disrespectful of thing you can do to somebody. <sighs> that is that it, like spit on his kid. And I was like, well, this is the Raiders 101 right here. Fuck. I'll Christ. never forget that. Wow. I was like 18. Yeah. I was, that uh, sounds same, about same, right. Same trip down there. I watched a guy like walk down the stairs. The tight. It was actually a Titans mm-hmm. game. My dad's like, whatever you do, do not cheer for the Titans. This guy walks down the stairs. The Titans scored a touchdown, and the guy turns and punches the glass out on a fire extinguisher. Next thing you know, here come the cops, and he's getting hauled off. Greater fans, wow. man. They are a one of a kind, that's for sure. So let me throw this to you guys. You you guys have the glass turtle. You know when you're what fan base? I guess of the teams we talked about in Northern California. Who moves the needle the most? Do you guys think? What, what's your perception of being up in the area? Uh, it'd have to be the Giants or the Niners. Like, you know, when the Niners played, it was just packed, packed everywhere. Um, so yeah, that both those franchises. So I mean, yeah, it, it, it's easy to tell. I mean, you have both Oakland teams are leaving, and. You know, everything's thriving in, in San Francisco. So, yeah. The, the Niners would probably be the one. I mean, baseball season's so long. People aren't showing up, you know, 162 times a year to the bar to watch the game. But, I mean, for 17 weeks, you can watch your team. And the, the thing about it is, is I have, you know, quite a few friends who are in the bar and restaurant industry. A um, couple own them. And they actually hate when the Niners get into the Super Bowl because – everybody all of a sudden wants to have a Super Bowl party because their team's in it. They got to have all their friends over to watch the game. But if it's any other team, they're like, oh, let's just go to the bar then because I don't care. So that, Dude, that's yeah. kind of the mover for me. I experienced that exact scenario. I went on Super Bowl Sunday. I went to fucking Champagne Brunch, got a little buzz on, went to the with downtown Fullerton, and I'm sitting at the bar, and it's like two hours before game time. I'm like, where the fuck is everybody? And then the bartender's like, dude, nobody's going to come today. And I was like, no shit. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it's, so. it, to me, it's it, it's about going out and hanging out with people and high-fiving people you don't know and getting along. It's I, I, People get mad at me because I, I equate sports to religion because it gives people something to believe in. It gives them a common bond, something to root for, something to believe in, and you get to meet people you've never met before. And I think the Niners do that for a lot of people because you see people who – who have never met each other before in a bar, high fiving and hugging when they're winning, and 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 basically crying when they're losing. So I mean, as I wasn't out and about when when the Purdy injury happened, but from what I hear, it was literally like the air went out of the room, and it was like, oh great, here we go. Don't don't tell what you just said to our uh, buddy Chris Duke. He'll just 
Chris, I was, you. <laughs> I was just thinking Chris will love that. I can't I can't wait to hear <laughs> from him. Yeah. Man, the Niners are it, they're such a weird spot as a franchise. Like I feel like I experienced the one Northern California team, one of the ones we didn't talk about was the Sharks, because hockey's not as popular, but for years the Sharks would make the playoffs and then just break your heart. Just find a way to lose in the most just gut-wrenching fashion and after a while it just you just can't do it anymore as a fan when your team just consistently gets there and then falls short and and I feel like the Niners are almost sort of approaching that level where they've been so good for so long but they're not getting over the hump it's exhausting for them to to create and invent different ways to bow out of the playoffs every year yeah well, I'm not a huge I think they're fucking they're so solidified that I don't think they're even though everything's gut wrenching, everybody's gonna stick with them. Yeah, but what would you rather have as a fan? Would you rather have a team that makes it to the playoffs that far that just continues to get, you know, right there or be a I don't know, a Jets fan. Be the Rams. Be the Rams. Or, or where you, get, you get there, you win it, you know you're never gonna win it again, probably. No, I mean, Pickles, you make a great point. It's like, would you rather do that or, or be a Kings fan for the last 15 years and you're never even sniffing shit? Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're in the lottery every year <laughs> picking the top five and you still have no chance. So, Well, but I mean, like, on the, the, the thing about the Sharks, you know, it hockey is such a sport. If, like, you're either into it or you're not. Like, I'm not a huge hockey fan. I don't understand the strategy, so it's hard for me because that's what I want to understand about it. I want to understand the rules, all of that stuff. But I mean, like Lady Friend turns into a, like a savage beast at times when the sharks come on because that's like her favorite thing. So it's it, hockey fans are just a totally different type of fan Dude, all around. I agree, and hockey fans are badass, man. If you go to San Jose, yep, like downtown San Jose when the Sharks play, it fucking every bar it's on, they are doing every bar is drink yep. specials. It's and fucking electric. It's and electric it's yeah, and it's packed. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I got to see a little bit of it when I was, like, a totally different thing, but when I was in Detroit uh, two weeks ago and I went to a Red Wings game, I was like, holy shit. But San Jose, I would say, is, like, half of what the, that was, but it still was really cool to see, like, because, like you said, there's not a lot of shit going on in Sacramento. San Jose, while it's close to everything, if you're a fan of hockey, you got the Sharks. Nobody's yep. rooting for the fucking Ducks or Dickhead Kings down here. Well, and I was down in LA uh, a couple months ago, and I went to uh, the Kings. The Sharks just happened to be in town, so we went to the Kings game. And in true LA fashion, like I said, after the first period, the whole the whole group started. We ended up having you know finding some sweet tickets, and like there was nobody in there. There was like four or five people in there: two Sharks fans, two Kings fans, and they were all super excited. And then like this six person group walks in, like towards the end of the first period like oh yeah we love hockey and then they were all gone by before the game was even over and the game went to a shootout i'm like you don't like hockey you just wanted to show up and say you were in the suite and take a picture so everybody knows you were there yep that's about as la as it gets right there so i'll all take right, guys, Michigan Kings a... and stay up here fuck yeah <laughs> That was a good conversation for anyone listening who's not from california not from the area it's it's cool insight into you know, sports, a lot of people talk about East Coast bias all the time. So it's cool to kind of put a spotlight on a region that we're all familiar with and and have some insight on. Let's close the pod with this. Why don't you guys uh, 
what's the plan for turtle sports football off season? You guys haven't really been doing your podcast. Where, where are you guys going from here? Yeah, we, we have definitely been on hiatus. Uh, we had some other things that we were working on outside of, uh, you know, the sports podcasting, sports betting. Uh, luckily, Pickles is still posting up his uh, college basketball plays. He was putting his NFL plays up. Uh, we, we are looking to get back into doing it on a more consistent basis. But uh, as we all know, this is not our full-time job. If, if we were getting paid to do it, then we would make sure we were doing it all the time. So, uh, you guys understand how that is. You guys have done a great yeah. job of, of being here and, and being consistent, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's a testament to you guys. So uh, we are we are hoping to be more like Fade You in the future and be be consistent with it. But yes, we are looking to get back into it. Um, I do already have plans to have a Kentucky Derby special with uh, the guys that I had last year that are in horse racing. Um, that's kind of that's where we got started. That's kind of what has turned into our niche, obviously. But yeah, no, our goal is to get back to it and, and get back to doing different things and getting different people on. Um, we're going to get the F and G back uh, with the reading the greens as well. He and I have talked about that. Probably do it with the Masters. We are going to try and do one uh, when the pod kicked off, but just schedules couldn't align. Or I mean, when the season for golf kicked off, we we're going to do a pod, but we're going to do one for the Masters for sure. And we'll do one for each uh, major going forward. And then hopefully Pickles and I can get back to it during uh, football season or maybe even in the NBA playoffs and, and talk a little MLB as well. Sounds great. Yeah. Pickles, anything anything to add for that you want to plug? Uh, no, I mean, just uh, I know college basketball is coming to an end and, you know, just kind of. <clears throat> hoping for some nice, you know, ending here. These last couple of days have been just fucking awful. Um, just watched Ohio State just take a dumper in the last minute. But, hey, you know, it's whatever, right? Um, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, March Madness coming up. And, and we'll, you know, we'll continue to continue to post. You know, NASCAR just started. So, I know Joe likes NASCAR. And, you Hell know, yeah. getting into that. We're, I'm excited at Fontana's this week. And, you know, I hit, uh, I hit one on. Uh, last Sunday at the 500 with the Chevy winning, and you know that's a shithole race as it is. But uh, fuck that, Kyle, Kyle Bush, Bush almost out of been there. rich. He had it. He had it. Me too. He had it. And I jumped. I wanted him to have it, but he never. He never had it. I wanted him to have it. What are you talking it. about? He was leading with like two to go. The that fucking... means nothing. That means I know nothing. Does, but that's bullshit. That means nothing at the Daytona 500. It means absolutely <laughs> nothing. Fucking bullshit is what. Yeah, it means. you know, like you said, if it was 1998, he would have won. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. you never want to lead at the last lap of, of any of those races. So, but no, I'm, yeah, I, I'm you know, Montana's we're, we're a shithole too. So, <laughs> my my wife, I was like, hey, Christine, you want to go to the fucking race this weekend? She's like, no fucking chance. <laughs> I was like, shit. All right, well, whatever. You know, I have consistently heard through just following people on Twitter and listening to conversation about sports betting that NASCAR is a great market to try to get into that there's a lot of data driven NASCAR stuff out there that, that it's, you can, it's a smaller bet event. So you can really find some value if you know what the fuck you're doing. Yes. dude, I'm pretty decent. Like you said, like betting a Chevy like that, dude, I'm pretty decent. That kind of shit. Love it. 
Love it. Let's well, see. I mean, a couple years a couple years ago, Pickles got us into doing uh, matchups, and we were cleaning up on those. But they they started waiting until literally almost the day of to put them up, and the lines were just so wide it didn't make it worth it. I mean, when you're when you're laying one eighty, you know, you're expecting like, oh, that's a hands down win, and and it's not the case in NASCAR because all it takes is one malfunction, and that car is out of the race, and you you just lost a, a bet where you're laying one eighty. Fucking stupid. <laughs> all right hashtag guys analysis. good hashtag analysis right there <laughs> good good stuff from the from the dads our, our friends at turtle sports we love having you guys on shooting the shit with you talking some sports a little bit for everybody listening make sure you give them a follow underscore turtle sports on the twitter you guys still got you're trying to figure out the underscore too i think they're trying to get rid of they're trying to get rid of those deactivated accounts. You guys might be able to to lose the underscore, maybe. I, would, I know Joe's I would trying have, to lose to a few a underscores. I know Joe, we kind of did the Joe thing there for a while. And we're just like, ah, screw. Let's just stick <laughs> with that. Like we're already we're already there. Like might as well. Definitely give them a follow. Look out for some of that content. You got to get the horse racing stuff, the Lundine line. Get that golf stuff going. Uh, that'd be great to have to take a peek at and, and the NASCAR stuff too. So. Thank you, Pickles. Appreciate you guys. We love you. Thanks for coming on, and we'll definitely do it again down the line. Thank you guys very much. We Thank appreciate you for it. having us. We really appreciate it. Hell yeah. In the meantime, everybody, make sure you're following us at Fade U Sports. Keep an eye out Saturday mornings live on Twitter. The the two dads with uh, Kmart and Neil and Chris Duke and Joey Cheese with some great college basketball insight and picks. Give us a Follow on the YouTube here on Twitter, subscribe, follow us everywhere. We appreciate your support and we look forward to bringing more guests on uh, as the football off season continues to unfold. So we'll catch you guys next time. This is Fade You.